Hello everyone and welcome to Words from Abba, a place where we look to reveal the Father's heart so that you may be confident in who he is and what he has to say to and about you. I am your host Melissa Turnbull but you can call me Mel for short. If you haven't already, please feel free to like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our handle is at words from ABBA, all one word and all small caps. And make sure to have a look at our website, which is www.wordsfromabba.wixsite.com forward slash home. Thank you for joining us today and I hope you're blessed by today's episode. Hi everybody. So it has been a minute since I last recorded. Um forgive my trespasses so to speak i think life got a bit busy and i hadn't planned well so yeah it's been a while but i thank you all for your patience and thank you to everybody who sort of checked in to see if i was okay i've been all right it's just that literally life just got busy and i hadn't um recorded enough episodes in advance but we're going to go right back into it so we're not starting a new topic we're still going to be continuing with the fruit of the spirit series and i think we had spoken if my memory still serves me well, we'd spoken about love, we'd spoken about joy, we'd spoken about peace, and um, we'd spoken about long-suffering. So now the next topic that we're going to be looking at, or the next aspect of the fruit of the Spirit we're going to be looking at is kindness. And um, if you'll remember, again, caveat here, that whenever we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, it's not that each aspect is an individual fruit in the way that you would think of like an apple, an orange, or a peach, or anything like that. But rather, the fruit of the Spirit are all part of one whole. So it's not the fruits of the Spirit with a um, plural. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So literally, it's almost like these are um, different parts of the same fruit. So if you think of like an orange or an apple, how it's got the seeds, it's got the pill, Or the peel. The peel, yeah. It's got the seeds. It's got the peel. It's got the pulp if it's like an orange. Um, It's like all those little segments that make up the whole fruit. And that's kind of what the fruit of the spirit is. So we're going to get right back into it. And we're going to look at gentleness or kindness. So it's either kindness or gentleness. And I found this to be a very, very interesting word when I was kind of looking into it. So the word um, for gentleness used in the Greek is the word krestotes, krestotes. And um, it's a word that means integrity or benignity. That's according to Thea's definition. And Strong's definition defines um, kindness as usefulness, that is moral excellence. And... um, when I was kind of when the first time when I was thinking about you know kindness, I thought that it was an interesting word because I, I started thinking like why why would I call somebody kind? What is it about the way that a person presents themselves that makes me think they're kind? Um, I think when I thought about it a bit more, I realized that it was more than just that it's an aura about them because i think when before i kind of sat down to really think about kindness i just thought like oh you know you just thought they seem like a kind person like i always thought that whenever you dis oh no not that i always thought but i think i subconsciously thought that kindness was more of like an air that's around a person and just this um the way that a person kind of presents themselves but when i actually got down to thinking about it and the number of times i've kind of described someone as kind it's because there's been an action that's been done so it's like kindness is a, is, a, is almost like a verb that 
it, I don't know if it's the same for everybody else, but for me to describe somebody as kind is because there's something that's been done. And that's just like kindness on a humanistic level. But I started thinking that, you know, like we said, with the fruit of the spirit, it's literally the Holy Spirit working in you to produce that characteristics that are God, that he's turning you. Um, you're being transformed into the image that you're constantly viewing. And I just want to put maybe an apology here. Where I am, it's raining. So if you hear <laughs> a little bit of raindrops in the background, it's just started raining right now. So I just thought I'd pop that there. But anyway, back to the discussion is that when I started thinking about kind of what does God's kindness look like, right? And how has God shown me kindness? Why would I call God um, kind? And before I even went into the Bible, I thought that for myself, the reason why I think God is kind is because he doesn't deal with me the way that I deserve to be dealt with. Like, I make mistakes every day. Um, I, I can't think of a day that goes by where I don't do something that... Um, that goes against his word, so to speak. And I think I'm just going to borrow some of Paul's words in one of the letters that he wrote to the, ro to, to, in the letter that he wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter seven from verse, um, from verse 15. So this is what Paul says. He says, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to, sin, to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. And I think in the New King James Version, it says, Oh, wretched men that I am. Like you can feel the anguish in his heart. He says, Oh, what a miserable man I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. But you, you need to kind of read that whole scripture because then Paul goes on to describe how through Christ we're no longer slaves to sin that we've been bought and we've been redeemed. But like I want to focus like on that first half. You know, like I said, that inevitably we fall short of the grace of god it's inevitable like the word of god says that for all have short fallen short like we have we we don't we miss the mark so often and it's exactly what paul is saying it's like i know what is right and i want to do what is right but i don't do what is right instead i inevitably end up doing the wrong thing and then it's like he's saying wait a minute because for me i know what is right that means that it's not me who's doing it but it's sin within me and if you remember at the very beginning of this um topic when we looked at the sinful nature we spoke about how like the holy spirit helps us to put to death the sinful nature to lay it down so it's not a matter of just going oh no no it's not me that's sinning it's sin within me but for you there's been an onus that's been placed on us to put to death the things um of this of sin 
I think the word of God says that like um that when you've been when you belong to Christ it's like you've nailed you the, the the passions and the lusts of the sinful nature to the cross. So there's an onus that's been placed on us to be led by the Holy Spirit in putting to death those things that are against the the Holy Spirit and against God's word. But in that journey you're going to be falling. So that's why I said like when I was thinking about it for me, I know that every day I fall short. Like I will do something that I'm like, Oh God, why did I do that? Like you will literally sit there like wondering why did I do that? And but when I go to God, He never turns away from me. He never kind of says, Melissa, you're a sinner, go away. Instead, whenever I go to God, the first point of contact I always find is Jesus and him at the cross. And it's him saying that I knew you were going to mess up here, so I paid the price. So you don't have to be far. You don't have to be scared to approach the throne of grace. You can come in and you can come close and the Father is there. So I think that's one of the biggest things for me that made me think, of when I was thinking about God, why would I call you kind? It's literally that, that he doesn't deal with me the way that my sins deserve. But instead he shows me mercy. Like he's so abounding in mercy. The word of God says that his mercies are new every day. And there's a, conf- a quiet confidence that I have every day when I wake up. In that I know that I'm not relying on yesterday's mercy. I know that with each rising sun... There's a new mercy that God has given me. And I remember a few years back, I was listening to a preacher. And when he spoke about that his mercies are new in every morning, he was, I haven't done the research myself, but for him, he was saying when he did the research, he found that that word morning is not actually speaking just of the rising of the sun and its setting, like in the, t- in the way that we think of days. But rather, it's like he was saying, like, it's new with every moment, like, his mercies are new in every moment, like every second he renews his mercy. Like, and I think it, it that that made sense to me because you know if you remember if you go to Exodus when Moses asks to see God's face when God introduces himself and I think I've said this before that he speaks of himself as abounding in love and mercy that he's got mercy he will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. So I find that to be the kindness of God and now kind of going to the Bible back to the Bible so that was kind of like my initial thoughts when I was thinking about kindness and how I view kindness and because it's the fruit of the spirit and the spirit of God I was like okay God in my experience as your child and as a Christian why would I call you kind so then after I kind of went there I was like okay what does the Bible actually say and I wanted to see if maybe the Bible was going to correct me maybe in my thinking especially like that original thinking of kindness being kind of like an aura like just a person is nice and when I went and I did a bit of study, it's it was quite interesting that kindness, the c- type of kindness that God speaks about here, it goes further than kind of showing um, benevolence towards another person. And what I'm kind of mean by that, it goes further than just, you know, giving money to somebody who is poor. It goes further than, v- it's like that's all included in it. But this kindness speaks of something further than just those acts of kindness so to speak that we think about like helping somebody in need visiting someone who's sick pay, praying for people like all those acts are kind but this specific um, aspect of the fruit of the spirit was quite interesting i read a commentary and it says that um 
with this um, kindness, it's about forbearance. So I'm just going to read. Um, I'm not too sure who the commenter is because it's on this app and it all it says is BI. But anyway, it says that gentleman gentleness means kindness and forbearance. The dissembling of wrong, the absence of the fire of resentment and of the smoldering of ill will. So it's like with this kindness, it's speaking about forbearing with one another. It's speaking about forgiving another person. It's speaking um, kind, of, kind of the same like about that um, that not having resentment or bitterness when somebody wrongs you. And I kind of started when I when I was reading the Holy Spirit then reminded me of a verse in Romans chapter two, so let me just go to it and we'll read with it we'll read it together. So it's Romans chapter two and from verse one to four. So it says, "You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else." For at whatever point you judge another, you're condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Doesn't that kind of um, link back to the verse that we just read from Romans, where Paul was saying that the things that I, I don't want to do, I do them. And it's like, it's interesting that here again, it's actually still in, in, in Romans chapter 2. So later on, that's where Paul was kind of saying that, you know, um, I do the wrong things. Or the things that I know I shouldn't do, I, I do those. So here's like... You already know that you do those same things, but you're going and you're judging, you're passing judgment on another person. So it says, for at whatever point you judge another, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same thing. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So God's judgment on those who commit sin is based on truth. So when you... Oh, wow, this rain is really coming now. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it, but anyway, sorry, it kind of distracted me for a bit there. But it says, um, now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to your repentance? So when we think of God's kindness, it leads us to repent to repentance. And I'm going to just read a couple more scriptures there. So we're going to go to the book of Ephesians. We're looking at a lot of Paul's letters in this lesson. So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 to 7 still again in the new new international version so this is what paul says it says i'll read maybe from verse 3 it says all of us also lived among them at one time Gra er. okay let me read from verse 1 as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sins and in which you l used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable 
the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So again, you've got that idea of kindness coming through with forgiveness and being um being saved from your sins and then if we now go um, to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 um, the word of God says be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you so what am I trying to say here I'm, I think I'm trying to say with what I'm kind of realizing the more I think about kindness when it comes to kindness as the fruit of the spirit it goes more to just benevolent than just benevolent acts. It's that action of forgiving somebody who has wronged you. And I think right now I just want to speak maybe to somebody who, even right now, you're kind of there's some there's something that, as soon as we spoke of, as soon as I kind of said forgive someone who's wronged you, a situation or a person kind of popped up in your mind. And I want to propose the thought that what if it's the Holy Spirit kind of highlighting to you that he wants to help you forgive that person. Because remember, it's something that when when the Lord taught us how to pray, he said for us to pray, forgive us as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. So how you treat another person with the with the measure that you've, you give, that's the measure that's going to be given to you. And when you're now able to forgive someone who wrongs you that's the type of kindness that the holy spirit works in you and again i want to re-emphasize that this is not something that you can will yourself you can't convince yourself into being kind it's a fruit of the spirit it can only be found through the holy spirit it's something that's conceived by and in and through the holy spirit of our own carnal minds and of our own fleshly minds and desires, I can almost guarantee that when that, that situation or that person came into your mind, the first thing you thought was, but you don't know what they've done to me. Or no, like, it's almost like you can justify your reason for being upset or for not forgiving because what that person did to you was very hurtful. And even if you were to go to another person into another human being and explain to them the situation they would have the same thought that how dare this person do this to you how could they do this how could they hurt you in this way and it's almost like they will justify um, self-righteousness within you but when you go to God with this I've, I've never known God even to, with the people who've hurt me the most like who've pierced me to my core i've never known god to say to me that it's okay for me to not forgive rather he works in me and at times it can be an instantaneous thing and other times it's not instant other times it can take 10 15 years but it's a work you know he works in you to produce the fruit of the spirit such that when you now testify and you're talking about your story and you explain how somebody has hurt you, you know, the way that you would treat that person once you've forgiven them, it would t stand as a testimony that, wow, you, you're actually, wow, but 
I would, I, but you guys are okay. You speak to each other the same. Like you don't treat them any differently. I thought, but they've done this thing to you. And you're like, no, I forgave them. And then in my head, that's like, wow. That, like that's one of those things that I'm like, wow, you're such a kind person. Like if they, if that had happened to me, I would have never done. I would never forgive them with that kind of thing. That those are kind of the sentiments that another person may have. But again, I think it's really something to pray for if you're if you're if you're struggling with unforgiveness and you you struggle and it's settled into bitterness and every time you see a person you just feel this err in you. I think if you can acknowledge that it's not okay for you to feel that way, that's a good first step. Because it's almost like the Holy Spirit working in you, telling you that this this thing that's wrong and we want to fix it. And it's a matter of just tumbling yourself before him and submitting yourself to God and asking him to work in you and having faith that he is working in you. Because, you know, we've got that verse in Philippians, which says that, you know, that he who has begun a good work in you, he's faithful to complete it even until the time that Jesus Christ comes back. Holy Spirit is faithful. Like, I'm just thinking of another verse where it says the testing of your faith, it produces um, perseverance perseverance produces character and character hope and there's the other verse in james who speaks about you know let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mis- mature and complete not lacking in anything so if if even if you've been struggling continue going to god and have faith that he's working in you and sometimes like you will know when he's worked and you will know that okay you will see the 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 effects of the work within you instantly and other times you might not even notice it until later on down the line i think actually today i was working on a project and like compiling some photos for something and i saw somebody in like this is like photos maybe like that are like three four five years old and i saw somebody in those photos who'd really hurt me deeply but when i saw the person i didn't have that uh, feeling anymore that I had and the first the funny thing is like a few months ago I'd been speaking about this person and no I'd had a dream about this person and in my dream it was very violent (laughs) I was very violent towards this person like and I remember saying to my husband I was like I've never felt hate for somebody but in that dream I hated this person because of what they'd done and when I kind of woke up from my dream after that I kind of went and I I, I was like Holy Spirit we need to work on this like what is that <laughs> and again like I think I just thank God that I've realized that oh, God has helped me realize that I don't have the power in and of myself to fight these spiritual battles I can't do it it's too much for me but I rest completely and fully in him and I just allow him to do the work so that in me just being with him and me spending time with God and me speaking to him in moments and reading the word and listening to God worship music even though it might not be like an insane like oh my gosh earth shattering I don't know like spiritual moment where I've fallen in this like wind and there's some this like all this all this drama going on it's i've noticed that with some of these heart issues it's in the quietness that god has worked in me and because he's worked in the quietness he's worked quietly behind the scenes i haven't seen him work i haven't even realized that it's almost like when you're in surgery you know like when you're in surgery they put you under anesthesia right 
and you go to sleep so you don't realize when the surgeon is working and when you wake up you actually f don't realize how much time has passed i've been in surgery before and i didn't realize how much time had passed like i woke up talking about the last thing that i'd spoken of before i fell asleep but it wasn't until later when i was fully like um sane again i guess that's the word i'm gonna use it wasn't until i wasn't under any drugs or anything like that or under any medication that i realized oh wait i was in surgery for like six seven eight nine hours and that's kind of what god does sometimes that he'll work quietly in the background and it's not until something happens that you realize that he's worked in you so don't give up hope if you're finding it hard to forgive if you struggle with that don't give up hope um keep on trusting in him he is faithful to complete his word he will work in you to produce this fruit of kindness and i think i'll just say a prayer at this point father god i just want to thank you that you're the one who wills and works in us to do those things that please you and god in this moment i'm just praying for that person who is struggling with unforgiveness god we know that you're the one who works this aspect of works the fruit of the spirit in us and part of that is that you teach us lord you show us how to be kind how to forbear with one another how to forgive father god how to how to be kind lord and to just forgive and forbear with each other and for those of us god who are struggling god we're just trusting you we're not going to give up hope your word has said that you're faithful to complete the work that you begin in us you are faithful to complete it no matter how long it might take father god you are faithful and so god in this moment we choose to rest not in our strength or in our abilities to forgive but we choose to rest in you and rest in your faithfulness i thank you god for the testimonies that we'll receive of people saying that they had somebody that they hadn't forgiven for years but you worked in them and you helped them to forgive mighty god we know that with man this might seem impossible but there is nothing that is impossible for you and so we give you full reign over whatever situation that is we ask god that as your people are coming to you before you father god with their prayers and their petitions with the heart issues ever may you work in them may you reveal your heart may you transform them may you renew them father god may you make them new may you clean them may you work on their hearts father god your word says that the broken and contrite heart you don't despise but i thank you god that you draw close to those who draw closer to you and as, as people father god bring their heart issues to you i know that you will not turn them away and so i give you glory honor and praise and i worship you and i thank you for everything that we're learning through the fruit of the spirit series may you continue to speak to people in may you continue even to speak to me lord we're here just to learn more of you may you continue to reveal yourself we just want to give you all the glory and all the honor it's in the mighty name of jesus christ that we pray amen you may be listening right now and in your heart of hearts you know your relationship with god is not where it should be you've fallen away somehow simply because of life or it may be the case that you've never had a relationship with the father and as you listen to our podcasts you're feeling a tugging in your heart and you would like to have a deep and intimate relationship with god if any of these scenarios apply to you i invite you to say this prayer after me father in heaven 
I thank you. I thank you for loving me. Thank you for calling me to be in a loving relationship with you. I confess that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I thank you, Father, that you sent your one and only Son to die for me so that I can be saved. Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died and rose again for me. I turn away from my sins and invite you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I commit my life to you and I ask you to send the Holy Spirit into my life to guide me and help me do your will. Thank you for your love and your grace that has saved me. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer and you believed it in your heart, I want to welcome you to the family of God. The word of God in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 10 says that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Congratulations on deciding to walk with God. I can tell you from experience that it's such an exciting journey to traverse through life with him and that there's so much rejoicing in heaven right now over the decision you've made. I really encourage you to buy a Bible or download the Bible app on your phone and just start to read the Bible every day, even if it's a verse a day, just so you can learn to hear the voice of God and that your faith may be increased. I also encourage you to join a local Bible-believing church so that you can fellowship with other Christians and make sure to tell somebody of the decision that you've made. I would also absolutely love it if you reached out to us on Instagram or on Facebook or even send us a voice message on anchor.fm to tell us of your decision to follow Christ. We would absolutely love to walk this journey with you and to connect with you and to grow with you as we travel this life together as children of God. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us here on Words from Abba. And remember that this is a place where we look to reveal the Father's heart so that you may be confident in who he is and what he has to say to and about you. We'll see you again in the next episode.